Welcome back, everybody, to the Fox Score Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and on today's episode, we are going to preview the Super Bowl with a fan of the Chiefs and the fan of the 49ers. And for our Chiefs, representing the Chiefs, we have Travis back on. Travis, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you, Ryan? I am better. As you can see, I'm wearing a... um, Hawaiian shirt because we on vacation, man. We on vacation right now, so I chose to wear wore a Hawaiian shirt because we're 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 in Hawaii right now. <laughs> it was painful to watch. Sorry about your lions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of the of um the lions, I am begrudgingly also introducing <laughs> our 49ers fan, Clint. Clint, how's it going, man? So it's always good to make it to the last week of the season, uh, but it also, you know. When you have to play Patrick Mahomes, you get nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. I don't understand being there in the last week of the season. I don't know what that's like, but uh, um, yeah, I can understand playing the Patrick Mahomes. So uh, we aren't going to talk about what happened two weeks ago. That ha- That's water under the bridge. We don't need to talk about the championship games, but um, I just want to get your sense of how, how you feeling going into this week. So before we talk about the specifics, so maybe I can start with you, Clint. How are you feeling about going into this week, the uh, playing the Chiefs uh, into this in the Super Bowl? Um, prior to the last two playoff games <laughs> the 49ers played, I would have said fairly confident because I think this is the year you want to play the Chiefs opposed to four years ago. Um, but I tend to be pes- more pessimistic anyhow. So um, I'm going to pick the Niners one, obviously, but I'm not like 80-20. Spoiler alert. I'm not the 80-20. This is it. <laughs> How are you feeling, Travis, going into the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I think, like I told you a couple weeks ago, it's Baltimore. It, it just feels like house money. It, it, I mean, it sounds stupid. Um, I I honestly, you, I, I look at it like I'm not sure how they continue to win, but there's just like this this force within the team just like we are going to win and we're going to do whatever it takes and yeah. so the force is named know. taylor swift yeah yeah <laughs> and I, and niner fans gave me a nice poster of it i like to thank them for that yeah, you know, yeah. already getting hassled by him <laughs> so if as long as taylor can make it from tokyo watch out niners that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, guys. Well, let's go into the game then, and we'll start with you. We're going to answer some questions like what we're most confident in each team, what our concerns are for each team, some X-Factors, predictions, and storylines. We'll see how much time we have to talk about all of it, but I do want to get your predictions, including score. So just keep that in mind as we as we get to it. So let's talk uh, first to you, Tra- uh, Travis. What are you most confident in in the Kansas City Chiefs going into the Super Bowl? What I'm most confident is you're going to get playoff Patrick. Mm -hmm. And I think based on what I've been watching, the Chiefs are now, and I don't think it's even necessary, but they're taking this being a villain role to heart and they just love it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really motivating them. But the thing I'm most confident of, notwithstanding all that, including Kelsey and Chris Jones, is I think the game plan, whatever Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo is going to come up with is going to be awesome. And it's just a matter of executing it. 
Yeah. So especially like the first 20 plays, right? They're, they're right. like, they get it to hot starts last two weeks, you know? Um, how about you, Clint? What are you most confident in with your team, the 49ers? The run game. Mm. I think it, that's if Kyle Shanahan, as I always say, if, <laughs> if he doesn't do a Todd Munkin and decide, you know what, we don't need to run the ball. Uh, if they stick to the run, um, I'm confident they can have long drives against the Chiefs. Now it's a matter of field goals or touchdowns, but I think they can move the ball if they are smart about it. Yeah, or like the Lions two weeks ago, right, when they decided to run the ball only five times. So, yeah, so sticking to the run. Okay. Uh, what are you – What so so your concern then, Clint, is it the fact that they might – with the 49ers might not stick to the run game, or is there a bigger concern you have with the 49ers? It would be that they kind of how they started the Detroit game. The second, how they started the second half is great. I hope they come out and they throw short passes and they get Brock Purdy in a rhythm and run the ball. That would grow my confidence. My worry is if they try to drop back, their guards and center um, are not a good matchup for Chris Jones. <laughs> so if they're going to try to sit back there and be like, well, maybe we can get a deep pass. I don't think that's going to go well. Okay. What, what about you, uh, Travis? What's your concern with, the chiefs i i honestly think exactly what clint said that that's the thing that that is if the niners start running downhill on them then it's going to be a very very long super bowl of my guess is that the chiefs are going to put nine in the box and make brock purdy beat them because the back end of the deep chiefs defense is really good too uh but if they start you know running downhill on them i'm a little that's my biggest concern. I'm just really worried about that. Yeah. So stopping the run for you guys would yeah. be the big concern. Yeah. That it'll be interesting because the chiefs actually had a pretty good run defense all year and the playoffs uh, there, I think they were like eighth or something like that in rush defense, but it was like Lamar Jackson was, you know, what a hundred of those yards or whatever it was. So it's hard right. to like gauge that. And they also played, uh, you know, the guy in Buffalo too, who liked to run. Right. Know? Josh. So, Allen. Yep. Good I point. mean, maybe it's skewed a little bit, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's, I think if you're going to beat the Niners, you got to stop the run. Yeah. You got to stop the cold. Yeah. Um, Clint, how many, how many balls do you think Brock Purdy tries to throw to the Chiefs? At least one? <laughs> At least one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think there will, there will be one, especially if it turns into a, a shootout. Um, but I mean, I think, I don't know, he makes, I'm confident in him if you can get him in a rhythm. And that's the problem that, as I've said on other podcasts, that worries me with Kyle Shanahan is he has so much confidence in Brock Purdy, which is fine. It's probably better to have that than do what they had to do against the Packers a few years ago and run it 85 times in order to win a game. Sure. But he also gets a little ahead of his skis. And I'm worried this is the game you don't want to do that. Just if you can run the ball, just run it 50 times for all I care. Just if you're moving the ball, that's the key in this defense is wear them down. Yeah. And, and so if you, if you looked at from the chiefs point of view, what game plan would you be most concerned about if they came into the game, having a game plan? What were, are you like, I hope the chiefs do not do this. What, what would be that one game plan Clint that you don't want the chiefs to bring into, into super bowl Sunday? I mean, if they, if they, if the Chiefs, I'm talking about defense or offense. Either side. Yeah. The, the... If the Chiefs come in and they want to run the ball 50 times, 
that would be my um I think they can run effectively, especially outside. The 49ers are pretty good between the tackles, but apparently they didn't learn from the Packers and learn that the slot receiver is going to crack down on the ends all the time. The, the line just ran that play 70 times. So hopefully four weeks now of seeing it, that on the first play when the slot receiver is in motion, that Bosa or Chase uh, won't uh, just, oh, he's going to crack back on me and they're going to run wide. Yeah, it's interesting because like I was, you know, when we when I was talking about this game with Isaac, it was interesting because we talked about Isaiah Pacheco last week had 24 carries, even though he only averaged about 2.4 yards a carry, something like that, 2.8. So it shows the Chiefs commitment to the run. Um, and I think that that would be the thing that concerns me if a Niners fan, if they have that commitment to a ru- the run game, averaging less than three yards a carry, if they're getting four to five yards a carry with Pacheco, it's something that would be concerning because it does seem like they'll stick to the run, which the Packers and Lions both kind of, kind of, um, did not do in the second half of either one of their games. Um, Travis, what, what same question, but for the Niners, Niners come into the, into uh into the Super Bowl, what what are you most concerned about that the Niners uh, come into the Super Bowl with what sort of game plan? Oh, I think I think defensively, I, I mean, I I want to see if the Niners the, the it's it's kind of like we're I mean it's it's tough as a Chiefs fan honestly it's tough because there's been the this two season thing going on. There was before December and then there's been after December. Before December. You know, you could drop, you could rush three people and and go rally tackle, and, and they haven't. Dip, they they've been picking that apart. So I don't think the Niners are going to go that way. Um, I, I guess my concern would be is if if they manage to get pressure on Patrick and keep him in the pocket, almost treat him like you know Lamar Jackson or or um, wow Allen, <laughs> Buffalo, Josh Allen. Yeah. If they keep him there, uh, then that that cuts down the amount of time to be create uh, creative, and which in turn his receivers know to be creative, and I think that takes away a lot from the offense. Uh, and so that's that's my concern. Now, against the number one defense last week or two weeks ago, they were gaping holes in the middle on that Baltimore defensive line. If they can continue to do that, that's a different story, even against the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Are you nervous if like the Niners give get up a little bit, like ten points? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you nervous no. about the pass rush of the Niners with Bosa no, and Young? I, I think you know, and and I've already heard the squawking from players from about four years ago, and it's like, come on, man, that that wasn't a that was not a hold back in the day. Uh, I think this. I think the Chiefs are built differently than four years ago. I think they're not. Uh, they're all, almost to a degree how Brock, you know, how the Niners offense works as quick passes. It's almost how the Chiefs are operating right now. And, you know, if they even if the pass rush comes, I think they'll just scream them to death if they okay. do that. Okay. I really do. Okay. Okay. So, Clint, X factors, what kind of X factors do you have? Um, Mine would be, I'm going to, it's going to sound vanilla, but I'm going to go with Chris McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was going through stats. If Christian McCaffrey gets to the line of scrimmage with no contact, he averages 8.1 yards a carry. Ooh, the, wow. Chief, the, the Chiefs allow a running back to get to or pass the line of scrimmage with no contact 37% of the time, which is 
second worst in the league. So if they can, I know the Chiefs are going to come, you know, with a heavy box, but if they can get to the line of scrimmage, you know, without Chris Jones sitting there, they run wide. Um, if they can do that and the Chiefs have to keep eight, nine man box, then I think play action, the short passes, the Debo, the slants, that will open up. Like, I know the Chiefs have a good secondary, but like their cornerbacks don't worry me if the Niners can run the ball because then it's kind of irrelevant. The 49ers won't run. They don't run like an offense where like, oh, Devontae Adams is going to start running posts. They right. only have one receiver to do that, and they don't actually need him if they get running the ball. So my X factor is getting Christian McCaffrey the ball. Um, give him reason he gets hurt. <laughs> like, you need to feed this dude the ball in this game. Yeah, and 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 it opens up the play action, right? Right, and and that buys time for Purdy. And defensive backs only can cover for so long. So, like, if you get McCaffrey going, it opens up everything. Uh, what about you, uh, Travis? Who's your X factor? What's your X factor for this game? My X factor, believe it or not, is one of the wide receivers of the Chiefs. I, I, I mean, it's got to be Rice, it's got to be Watson, it's got to be MBS, it's got to be one of them has to step up and have a big game. Um, I, I, you know, usually I know you want one one player. No, that's fine. That's fine. I I need that wide receiver core to catch passes. Yeah. Because, you know, the Niners are not going to let, I mean, Kelsey may have a big game, but they're not going to do it willingly. And it's got to be one of them. You've got to get them away from the line. You got to make them cover. You know, whether it's four or five seconds, you know, that's the X factor. Right? And I mean, like in the Buffalo game, Rice had a big game. I mean, no Rice is the big game in the Miami game that, you know, that that type of stuff opens everything up. Oh, the playbook yeah. just opens. So it's got to be that for the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so for me, I, I actually have a group as well. I have the for the 49ers, I think it's their front seven. Can they stop the run and cover Kelsey because you know that's usually the 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 linebacker's job because Kelsey last game I think he had 11 receptions so you want to stop that from happening usually I think the Niners correct me if I'm wrong Clint but usually they cover the middle of the field pretty decently so you think that they'd be able to kind of control Kelsey but it's easier said than done that's that's the problem like with any great tight end it's easier said than done so I think the front seven for the Niners getting pressure on Mahomes stopping the run and, and bottling up Kelsey and like like you know it goes to what you said Travis like not a, like making one of the other receivers beat you. That's what you want want to happen, right? Uh, and then and then for for the the um, the Chiefs, I think it's Pacheco. Honestly, I, I have Pacheco as my X factor because if he can average like that, dude runs hard. I was listening to a podcast and they're like like running like it's his last run like ever like he runs like it's it's going to be his last run ever and i'm like that is exactly how he runs like just hard like he's never going to touch the ball again and i love the way he runs and i just think he can he if he can average like four to five yards a carry i just think the chiefs can control the game in a way that can kind of stifle what the 49ers want to do although the 49ers want to kind of do the same thing is control the game so this might be a game where there's a limited amount of possessions which will be pretty interesting might be like a last team that has the ball wins type of thing which would kind of be a fun super ball to watch um okay let me ask you we have so we have time so let's talk about the narratives coming out of the super ball so for for the niners 
if they win, what do you think the biggest narrative coming out of the Super Bowl for the Niners will be, Clint? Um, well, I think it's two. One, Kyle Shanahan finally did blow fourth quarter lead. Perfect. <laughs> and he finally got it. Not that, you know, I don't think the last one was his fault against the Chiefs, but that was Jimmy Garoppolo not being able to hit Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but I think it'll be it'll be Brock Purdy. It, mm-hmm. It'll be either he's good because the play action works and he comes through and he has one of his good games, or it's going to be, he was just glorified. Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey had four touchdowns in this game and we really didn't learn anything. Um, but I think it, it, it'll be a big for Brock Purdy to just play competent in this game, kind of like second half against the lions. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick. You think he does much running because I think that that is what kind of brought them back against the lions more than his arm did. Like, so it's not, not necessarily running, but escaping the pocket. There was a couple of throws he made outside the pocket that I was real. Do you think we see some of that too, as well? Go moving outside the pocket, you know, him running for 48 yards in the half, for instance. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it depends on if, if the run game is effective, then I think we see him run. Okay. If it's not, I don't because I just think the Chiefs will just sit in a soft zone. Okay. <laughs> and it'll just be kind of one of those like, please don't throw a hospital ball across the middle. So I think if if the game gets moving and he his passing game is effective, then I think he'll run because the Chiefs will kind of slide back a little bit and he'll get up, move up in the pocket. Uh, but I would get him on the move to start the game. You know, some of those rollout throw to George Kittle two yards down the field and let him run. Like just get him moving so that he's not sitting there for Chris Jones to come right up the middle. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, Travis for you narratives for the chiefs winning, if they win, what's the biggest narrative you think coming out of the Super Bowl or a couple? Uh, I, I think that if they win, then at least even in my, at least in my eyes, they become the dynasty hmm. that that's for, I mean, you're, you're never, I mean, the Patriots dynasty is <laughs> way up here, Yeah, but you're you're talking about adding them to a time with you know a, a lot of the other great teams. I yep. think that's a huge factor. I think Patrick winning a third Super Bowl just kind of like cements it. Um, the other, it, you know, I mean, on the other side of it, if they don't win, I I think they're again. I do think that there is this. We're not supposed to be here <laughs> because of what we we've beaten talented more talented teams than us. And so they'll do some tweaks in the off season and hopefully it'll fix the offense and stuff. But I think the biggest thing for the win is, you know, that, that, that team legacy that I couldn't have ever imagined ever my team having that type of a, <laughs> a, a legacy of a dynasty. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is kind of crazy to think about. I, I agree. I also think there could be a little like not there already has been, but Brady and Mahomes, I think there's a little bit more that he has to do to catch up to Brady. Yeah. But the one that I thought was interesting, uh, Isaac brought up is um, Kelsey versus Gronk. I think that starts a real conversation, especially if they win. Uh, because, you know, Gronk wasn't in the first half of the Patriots dynasty. He was in the second half of it. So he didn't experience the early returns, but the later returns. And so it'll be like this. I, I still would pick Gronk personally, but like I could see this, this like they're, they're going to be super close in my mind. So yeah, that could be I, well, I mean, narrative. I mean, I think he's got, I think he's a, just, he's, when you, when you start passing Jerry Rice, mm-hmm, all, yeah. when you start passing his records in the playoffs, I, you know, 
that's the ultimate respect there. And I, mm -hmm. I think he's just got a, a couple more catches or something. Yeah. Or to, to pass Jerry. And that's, that's crazy. That's, yeah. I would have never thought that anybody touch a Jerry Rice record. So yeah. I'm yeah, biased. I, I mean, I, I do like Ronk too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to have, we'll like, we'll have that debate later. That'd be a good yeah. debate later, but it, it's cool to see both sides. Um, for you, Clint, uh, what's Niners lose? What's the narrative coming out of out of San Francisco if they lose? Why do I watch sports? No. That's fair. That's a good narrative. Let's leave. I felt that no. way last week. <laughs> it'll just to me, it'll just come down to Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach, but the 49ers have a very specific, he runs a very specific system, which has a lot of advantages, but disadvantages and if it's off, it's just off <laughs> and yeah. it looks terrible. And if it goes South, this game might look ugly. I think it's going to be close either way. I don't think each, the defenses are good enough and the chiefs aren't, I don't think knock on wood, the chiefs aren't explosive enough this year to make it like a, Oh, and it's 30 to three as we enter the fourth, unless <laughs> there's some pick fixes coming here. Um, but I think it'll just be the flaw of that system is it needs to be close you need to be ahead. Things need to kind of work, fall into place. And I think you just get the criticism of, does that work in a big game? Yeah, it's a good one. And, and, and especially when you have the, the less, the lesser quarterback, right? Because then, because all the time Shanahan, I think he's lost to the lesser quarterback every time, you know, like even go back to Atlanta days when he was just the offensive coordinator. And I really think like, that's going to be another thing. People are going to actually be questioning, can Shanahan get them over the, the hump? Because it's been sort of a narrative of his going back to Atlanta, uh, even though it wasn't entirely his fault granted, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that might be a little bit of a narrative coming out of um, uh, if they end up losing on Sunday. For sure. And it just, I, I like the way they do it. I think more teams should, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, what are you going to do? What are you paying? You know, some of these quarterbacks, are you going to pay Kirk Cousins 45 million a year? Like it doesn't really get you anything. You might as well get a guy that can run your system. But the downside is if you run into Tom Brady and you run into Patrick Mahomes, you see the difference between even a, a top 12 quarterback and the best quarterback in the league. And that's the downside when you get to this game is you have Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes gets on a, a heater, it doesn't make a difference what you do. And the Chiefs saw that in the one championship game when Tom Brady got on a heater. It didn't make a difference what you're going to do. They're yeah. going to put the ball where it needs to be. And, you know, that's what happened. So it's I think it's a little unfair because of that. You get down to this game or the last couple of games, and it's obviously the best of the best playing but I think that's what would be the narrative coming out. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I, Go ahead. Charles. I'd also like to add to about the the first Super Bowl, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, Clint. I think Shanahan went out of his out of his his structure for Jimmy G at the end of that game that helped the Chiefs get back into it. If they don't, if he gets out of the structure again with Brock or uh, with Purdy, I I think that's another thing that people will be looking at. Yeah, I, I think in that game, which they I hope hopefully they learned is they let Patrick Mahomes. You mentioned in the beginning you got to keep him in the pocket. They rushed up field too much. They can't do that again. But I think once the Chiefs converted that, what was that like third and eighteen, like that miracle play? I think I felt it at home, and everyone there was like, "Uh oh, we just <laughs> opened the box." 
And then he panicked, and then we started throwing the ball too much. And you're like, well, it is it is tied. Like, we're not losing yet. And then, like I said, what happens? That once it gets out of track, it just, it'll look bad. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Isn't that what, and that's what happened with the Patriots in Atlanta, right? Like, he just... He he went off his off his script. What got them to be ahead twenty eight to three, and they kind of panicked once that things started snowballing. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if he's able to to get over the hump here to this week. But I agree with you. In, in like most every team should want Kyle Shanahan, so we shouldn't be questioning whether he's not a, a good coach or not. But I think that's going to be a narrative coming out of the Super Bowl because it seems like he can't win. Uh, even though he's in the big game a lot. So I don't know. What what do you do? Uh, okay, let's predict. Okay. Let's start with you, Clint. Uh what's you who do you have winning and why do you what's the score uh that you have? All right. <clears throat> I I have this like in written proof. This is this is me like three weeks ago calling my shot. I did it when the Bucks won in 2021. So I'm just like I said, I'm not an overly optimistic person. But when Giannis went down in that Hawks game, and then we got the report the next day that he wasn't out, and I text all my friends, the Bucks are winning the championship. When Debo Samuel, when they found out he wasn't out, like when he's grabbing his shoulder, and I'm like, great, we did this for nothing. I text all my friends, the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl, 27-23. That's okay. my score. I think what they need to do, as we talked about, is they need to mirror how the Bills played the Chiefs. And the Bills ran it 39 times. I mean, Allen had 12 of them, but and Cook only had 18. So you can just flip some of those. But the Bills had drives of 14, 11, 12, 15, 16 plays. And they missed a field goal because they they gave up a couple quick ones. But they the drives were six, six, eight, six minutes long. Like that's what you need to do to, in this game is run it. They still threw it 39 times, but Josh Allen did what we always criticize Brock Purdy for doing, which he doesn't do is just check down all the time because he only had an 186 yards on 39 attempts. That's the game plan they need to take into this game is just check it down, take what the Chiefs give you. The 49ers have better guys than the Bills at breaking tackles minus Josh Allen, who's a tank. <laughs> That's what they need to do. Get ahead. I'll disagree with Travis in that. If the 49ers get up 10 points at some point in this game, I will feel fairly confident because I don't think the Chiefs can score fast. And if the 49ers are moving, I'll take a 27-23. Okay. That's all I got. That's okay. all I got. I, I put that out there. I'm going to go with it. And when it's 30-5, to five, <laughs> Chiefs, you can, you can pull this back up. <laughs> oh, we'll have it posted everywhere. <laughs> yeah. oh, Travis, how I, about your prediction? Oh, I would love the result of this game to end like the the result of the Buffalo game. Like just a field goal that goes wide. Yeah. Well, if Jake Moody's kicking a game-winning field goal, there's no confidence on this side. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it. I, I mean, I think it's going to be like twenty-four twenty Chiefs. And I, I really do think it's going to be, come down to the last possession. And what I think the thing that intrigues me the most, it, which may sound strange as a Chiefs fan, if Brock Purdy has the ball in that last possession, this is the biggest game. He played at Iowa State, didn't play very many big games at Iowa State. It, it, you know, if he can come through that and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, then, you know, the Niners have a, 
a very cheap quarterback for the next few years. Uh, but, you know, Patrick has got the ball. And irregardless of a 10-point deficit, you know, they've they've come back from that before. I'd I like to point out that the Eagles did exactly what you guys are saying, too, last year. If you look at the time of possession, the Eagles tried to do it, and the Chiefs went down. Now, granted, the receivers are different, a little a little different, and I'm not sure if Tony's going to play or not, but uh, it's sadly this game may come down to a special teams play. It's true. It's true. And uh, so you said 24, 24, 20, 20. Yeah. So it's hilarious, Clint. So I, I, I predicted this on Monday with Isaac and I said 27, 23 chiefs. So that's my score. So I have your score, but just reverse. Here, here's my thought. And it's just the way these teams have played the last couple of weeks. I have not been impressed with the 49ers as much as I've been impressed with the Chiefs. And the only reason why, Clint, and, and you know this, is the last two games, they kind of got fortunate to win both those games. You know, even though you're right, they came out and switched their game plan um, in the last game against the Lions. You know, um, it, it still took a helmet. Uh, a guy that should have probably intercepted a pass to let it bounce off his helmet to to be intercepted. It took a fumble by Jameer Gibbs. It took uh, the coach going for it on fourth down a couple times. It took all that, and then and then they were able to win, uh, which they deserve the credit for because they took advantage of those opportunities. I don't know if and, and the same with Green Bay. Green Bay dropping a pick six or two, you know those things. I don't think the Chiefs are going to make those types of mistakes because they're veterans. They're seasoned in this situation. Um, I think Pacheco is going to have over 100 yards this game. I just don't see the Chiefs. I mean the Niners being able to stop the run. And I think you're you know just like you're like the 49ers need to control the ball. I think the Chiefs are going to control the ball. That's what I think is going to happen. But I think it's going to be close. And uh, I just, I always, if I think the game's going to be co close, I always go with the better quarterback. So that's why I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, 27-23. I do think Brock Purdy is going to throw the Chiefs a ball because that's what he has done. But uh, I think he'll bounce back from it, but I think it'll just be too too little too late almost. And and that's why it's going to it's gonna be 27-23 uh, Chiefs. I also think, if I can add one more thing, I think- Yeah, go ahead. I think the pressure really is on the 49ers also. I think there's a lot more pressure to win now because they've got the better team. Uh, I just realized this the other day. They haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, but I didn't realize it's been that, you know, because that's such an, an organization. And I, I just think, you know, they, and, and rightfully so, they have those high expectations. I really think the pressure is, really on the Niners uh, on Sunday. So it may end up on who's more tight coming, you know, playing that first half of that game too. Yeah. And the other thing is the super, uh, the halftime show, right? Like we, we, like, I think Tom Brady used to talk about how they did the Super Bowl differently. And the more they played in it, they understood the experience of it. Now the 49ers do have the advantage that they've been there sort of recently, but, but like Brock Purdy, for instance, he's hasn't been to a Super Bowl. Uh, this is the biggest game of his life. I think he's obviously he's going to have nerves. Uh, so I think I think that's going to be part of it, too. But uh, I think I'm just hoping for a good game. I, you know, when when your team isn't in it and you kind of really don't care who wins, um, you just want a good game. You just uh, want to well, watch something I, fun. I'd like to shout out to my friend Elena, who would prefer that both teams lose somehow. I'm not <laughs> sure how that happens, but 
Uh, yeah. Ask, ask her, get back to us on that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't blame you, Ryan. Like if this was the 49ers of week four or was it week 12, where they had those two runs, like I would be very confident in this game. If that team showed up, like the team that showed up in Philadelphia or the team that showed up against Dallas, I would be like, okay, this is the year you want to play the chiefs. But the last two weeks have not shown that. Uh-uh. Um, so that's where my confidence is like, again, if it was 20 to 20 and the chiefs have the ball or it was 23, 21, 49ers and the chiefs have the ball. I'm just counting the L because <laughs> I wouldn't have faith that you're going to Patrick Mahomes. If it was a touchdown, okay, I would have some hope because, you know, they're less explosive. You get in the red zone, the defense can tighten up. But I'm like, if the Chiefs need a field goal with the ball and a minute and a half left, Harrison Butker is a good kicker. Like, I'll just put the L on the board at that point. So my hope is in 27-23 is that they're up and the Chiefs score to get to 23 and then the 49ers run out the clock. Um, otherwise, yeah. I mean, I know you can – Patrick Mahomes hasn't a couple times this year, like against the Packers, and I think there was one other game where it didn't work. But until they doesn't do it in a big game, it's. I feel like I'm going against Tom Brady, and I'll just mark an L on the book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anything uh, else, guys, about the Super Bowl? I think it's going to be the most watched in history. I think – Well. I mean, last year- Last year's was the big one, was was the most, but I think this year, I think, I hate to say it, the Taylor Swift effect. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you're you going to have too many curious eyes. I think it's going to be way up there. So that's, no matter how, you know, no matter the result, I think it's going to be a good game. But I think so too. How do we- how do we ground a flight from Tokyo to Las Vegas? You can't. You, the, the, the Japanese embassy is I know. tweeted about that. Uh, Going to make it's, sure she be, can make it. She probably has like an escort, military escort, to make sure they get to Vegas <laughs> on time. Roger Goodell was like, that plane gets here. Um, yeah, I, again, as a Niner fan, I, I would rather the Chiefs win 30-3 to than it be 27-23 or vice versa, because I hate close games. I would rather just get blown out. Um, but I think barring an injury or barring the wheels falling off for one of these teams, more likely Brock Purdy. But barring that, I think it's it's going to be, even like the Baltimore game was 17-7 for such a long stretch, which is a close game, and it's just going to be um, torturous. That was a that was a that was a I mean a great game for a Chiefs fan like me. Not good for McGee, Ryan. No, McGee. not Ryan. No, no. No. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I agree with you completely. I mean, I hope for a good game no matter win or lose. But I tell you what, the AFC championship game, even as a Chiefs fan, that was that was like just ugly. That's like first generation Patriots type stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I don't. I don't know if people will want to watch that on TV. Yeah, I don't think it'll be like on NFL Network during the off season. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, maybe at like twelve a.m. when no one's watching. Yeah, right. so it end there. up like the uh, was that the uh, Patriots Rams where it's like thirteen seven. Hunt, please, uh. someone just throw a pick six, please. Let's just get off thirteen to seven and move on. So yeah, that, right. That, that was the worst aesthetic Super Bowl I've ever seen. That one. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Was rough. 
Well, guys, thanks so much for joining me. And for both you guys, I hope it goes exactly the way you want it this weekend. But uh, we know there can only be one winner. So, But you guys got to be excited that your team's there. So, uh, you know, a feeling that uh, I almost got to experience this year. But uh, just, uh, what, 60, 30 minutes away, man. 30 minutes away, man. Uh, But anyway, Uh, thanks, Travis. Thank you for joining me. It was awesome. Yeah. And thank you, Clint, as always, for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Okay. And for everybody else, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Follow us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Boxcore Sports. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next time. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed. Surprise! We're actually going to have a little bit more content on the back end of this episode. And it's just me giving you my three... Uh, winners and losers of the trade deadline for the NBA. And uh, if you want to see like an instant reaction or a live reaction, me and Isaac, uh, we had a YouTube live where the last hour of the trade deadline, we were up, we were running, we were ready for some big trade to happen. And all of a sudden, no lie, uh, nothing happened. And you guys know that. It was a dud. It was a dud, which is fine. Um, I think that is just a product of the new CBA in the second apron. I, I really think that we're that like owners and teams are still trying to figure it out. So we'll see what happens. But let me give you my quick uh, winners and losers. And if you want to hear more analysis and a more in-depth breakdown, go check out our YouTube channel, The Box Score Sports Podcast. Um, so let me start with my winners first. Uh, my first winner is the uh, Celtics. Uh, they got Tillman. He's a big guy, nice rotational player. Uh, he's going to be Przingis Insurance and Al Horford Insurance. So I really like that move. And the Springer as well, Jaden Springer, he, he's a young dude. Um, and he's a really good defender. But I don't know if that trade matters as much for Boston because I think Boston, um, with Jaden Springer there, I don't. he's, he's not going to get a lot of minutes. I don't think. I don't think he'll get a ton of minutes, but he'll get. He might get a few minutes here and there, or maybe they fall in love with him and he ends up in the playoff rotation. But for right now, I just don't know if he'll he'll be that important to the team. But Tillman most definitely will. Uh, my second winner, um, I have the Dallas Mavericks on here. The Mavericks got rid of Grant Williams. It sounds like he was a little bit. Um, of a disappointment, not only for the team, but personality-wise. He was rubbing some of the Mavericks the wrong way, including Luka uh, for what shoe he wore, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, uh, not. but they got P.J. Washington and they got Daniel Gafford. And I like both those players. Um, I think P.J. Washington, he's like a career, usually he's about 35, 36% from three. He's shooting 32%, so that's a little bit concerning. But I think with him being paired next to Luka, maybe even just these players being in winning situations, they can find a little bit better of a level, you know, a higher level to what they already are playing at. Um, not that they're playing at an incredibly high level. I'm just saying that they'll probably improve because of their situation. Uh, so I like P.J. Washington to the Mavericks. I also like Gafford, Rin running center, he averages about, what, 2.3 blocks a game, so he protects the rim, he's sort of in the Derek Lively mode, mold, so he's sort of the same player, except Lively is a little bit more 
athletic, Gafford's a little bit more seasoned. And I think that experience is going to help the Mavericks going, you know, to the end of the season. And what I like about these two moves, they're not um, earth-shattering to the point where it's going to hurt the rest of the team and the rest of the team chemistry. So we'll we'll see how they do. But I, I actually liked what they did, even though some people did not, which I totally get why you might not like what the Mavericks did. I personally did. Um, so uh, getting Gafford and getting, um, getting Gafford and getting... Um, uh, Washington, I think, put plays plays well for them. It, it works out for them. Uh, my number one winner, I think everybody knows uh, the Knicks getting Bojan and getting Burks for basically nothing. Getting up, giving up Quentin Grimes, some expiring deals or, or contracts that match. That's a win. And second round picks. I don't understand. A lot of second round picks keeps keep getting exchanged. I, I don't know why like they're becoming more and more valuable. My thought is there's just not a lot of first rounds to deal out, so it's all second rounds now. Anyway, I digress. Listen, I like I don't know if it puts the Knicks into the first tier of teams, which it might just be the Celtics. I have the Bucks there, but I don't know lately. They haven't looked good uh, with Doc Rivers. I'm giving Doc about 10 to 20 games, the same way I gave Harden 10 to 20 games in the Clippers. So we'll see what happens. But I will say... That uh, getting Bojan and Burks for the Knicks puts them ahead of the the second tier and maybe like in the tier one and a half. And if the situation winds up where let's say Przingis gets hurt or something like that, which is a very big possibility for the Celtics, I really think the Knicks actually could sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe even into the finals. Now the the thing that they have working against them still is that the um, teams that they play against will have the best player in the series. Like, if they go up against the Celtics, Tatum's going to be the best player in the series. If they go up against the Bucs, the uh, Giannis, the, the Greek freak, he's going to be the best player in the series. Uh, if Embiid's healthy, Embiid's the best player in the series. So that's the thing that's going up against the Knicks, no matter who they play. But they are probably the best team as a whole, other than the Celtics in the Eastern Conference right now. So I really like what the the Knicks did. So good for the Knicks. A plus Bojan, especially Bojan, uh, being a, a secondary playmaker for Brogdon at when Randall's out, um, maybe even for the second unit is, a, is, 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 uh, good. Um, let's go to my three losers. Um, my first loser, I just gave it to the Warriors and the Bulls are two of them. And, and just for the same exact reason, neither one of them did anything, especially the Warriors. You know, you have Steph Curry, you want to make the most out of his career, but you know, you did nothing. And, and, you know, Clay is a shell of himself, not his fault. You know, he's, he's gone through injuries and stuff. That's just going to happen when you go through the injuries that he's gone through. And then um, the Draymond drama along with Wiggins, did, um, Wiggins not performing the way they thought he would. So all those factors, the fact they didn't make a move. Now, to be fair to bo both teams... Maybe they had nobody to make moves with because that's always a possibility. Maybe they tried to make moves and nothing was coming and nothing nothing became like came to fruition because it just they couldn't find a fair deal. Whatever the case may be, uh, they're going into the uh, the rest of the season with one of the what the mediocre teams in the league right now, record wise. So uh, we'll see if they can rebound. the The Bulls haven't made a move in the trade on the trade deadline date since two thousand. Uh, 21 three in three years 
So that's surprising because their team is definitely not good. Uh, they're mediocre and they are like drenched in mediocrity. That's that's the Bulls. So I don't know why they didn't want to do anything. Build around Kobe White would have been the ideal situation, but they didn't do anything either. The Lakers uh, are like an honor honorable mention, but um, I don't know. D'Lo's been playing fine. Anthony Davis has been a beast all year. LeBron just has to make it work. So I'm not going to give the Lakers a loser necessarily, just that the fact maybe that LeBron's unhappy. Uh, they lost last night against the Nuggets. Um, my number one loser is the Detroit Pistons, who, if you've been listening to the podcast, are my favorite team. They've just... I, I don't know what to say. Horrible front office work. Horrible asset management. How you... Do, like, last year... The, last year... Last year, there was teams asking about Bojan and offering first-round picks. This year, you don't... You, you got... You, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know what to say. Like, what do you say about a team that looks this incompetent? It's so dumb. Monty Williams... Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I can't talk about it. I'm still really annoyed, but the Pistons... This is why the Knicks won the trade. They did, you know, Bill Simmons said this on his podcast. When, whenever you need to make a trade, you just call up the dumb teams if you want to win a trade. Unfortunately, the Pistons are a dumb team right now. So that's all I have on the trade deadline. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will talk to you guys soon.